You're listening to Dave's podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of my podcast. I'm Dave Gerhart. On this episode, I want to talk about burnout, something that I've never really shared publicly. And I know it's something that a lot of people have managed and worked through. And I also do understand that this is part of work. There is nothing, very few things in life come easy and very few things are possible to achieve without some type of stress. But I figured that sharing this story will just be helpful, interesting, therapeutic, or maybe if you're somebody who's been listening to me for a while, you might say, oh, that actually, that makes sense. I kind of wondered why things didn't go down that path. And what gave me the idea for this episode was I was driving home from a workout this morning. And right now I'm re-listening to Startup, which is a podcast from Gimlet Media. Some of you may remember that. If you're watching on YouTube or wherever you're watching right now, I'm holding it up on my phone. But sometimes when I'm stuck or I'm just looking for inspiration on ideas, I like to go and re-listen or re-watch things that I've listened to in the past. And so this podcast came out, I think, in 2014 or 2015, and I loved it. I know a lot of people that loved it, where basically this guy, Alex Bloomberg, was he worked for NPR. He was a producer of a podcast called Planet Money, and he went off to start his own podcast company. I don't know. I haven't followed them closely since then. I fell off. I was never like a... I know people followed a bunch of their shows pretty religiously after that. I really only listened to this one. So forgive me if I sound out of touch with what they're doing today. But I love this. And I went back recently and I, I re-listened. And today I was listening to this episode and I just want to play a clip. I hope this is okay because maybe it's on Spotify. I want to play a clip of this because this is what prompted this idea for this episode. Now I'll, I'll flip through it really quickly, but I'll just play a really a, a short clip for you. And by the same token, 5.30 in the morning on Sunday morning, Everybody else is sleeping, so I'm sort of whispering. This happens maybe a couple mornings weekly lately. I wake up and my mind is racing with all these worries and anxieties about how the hell this whole thing is going to work. Um, yesterday morning, I was the, I was up with the kids and. They were, they were sitting on my lap and started reading The Giving Tree. And that fucking book, holy shit. I hadn't read it since I was a kid and I started reading it. And it's like, it's about this tree that loves this boy and the boy and the tree play together for a long time. But then the boy starts to grow up and doesn't come and see the tree very often. But every time the boy comes back, the tree quivers with joy. And the boy is like discontented in his life and needs money. And so the tree gives the boy all the apples and says, sell the apples and get the money. And then the boy comes back later and he's like, I need, I need a house. And so the tree gives the boy it's limbs to build the house and then the boy comes back later and each time the boy comes back he's older and older and older so he comes back as like this late middle-aged guy and, and clearly his family has fallen apart and the tree's really excited when this late middle-aged guy comes back and quivers again with joy uh, and says come and swing on my branches and play with me like he used to and he's like I can't play I need to get away I need a boat uh, 
And so the tree says, I, I, I can't give you a boat, but I have my trunk. Cut down my trunk and you can build a boat out of my trunk. So he chops down the trunk and then hauls it away. And so then the tree's just this little stump. It's just like every, it's just such a horrible metaphor for like being a parent and like sort of like loving these kids so much and in the beginning they love you and then they move on and you're excited about it but you're also lonely and then that the little boy's life didn't seem to work out that well and that's your terror that's your terror for your kids that they're going to grow up and not be happy and I don't know it's just like there's something I started bawling in the middle of reading it like just crying and then I'm on these blogs VCs and VC culture and Silicon Valley culture and they're all talking this you know passion they talk about passion there's this guy who was saying you know the person who epitomizes passion is you know so and so the founder of salesforce.com so and so lived breathed and ate salesforce.com 24-7 always working late devoted his life to it at the expense of everything else and I'm like I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Like, I'm already crying at the giving tree about this time passing and my kids moving on and, like... I'm scared about that. So I listened to that clip and I was like, I got to record this podcast today because that feeling is exactly what I felt in my career. And this was, so I had been in a company called Drift and I had been there for about two years when my daughter was born. And those two years were crazy and they changed my life and career forever. I went from being marketing manager, Dave, like they didn't hire me to be VP or to be a CMO. They just hired me as a person to make content and help the company grow. And over the course of those two years, I grew my career from marketing manager, Dave, to being VP of marketing at one of what happened to be one of the fastest growing SaaS companies of all time. And I think in a year and a half, maybe two years, the company went from no revenue, zero dollars in revenue to like $30 million in revenue <laughs> overnight, which is a ton of work and a ton of hours. And it wasn't necessarily like the hours in the office, it's just the commitment and having to basically live and eat and sleep and breathe from morning to going to bed most of the, your thinking revolves around the company. And, and it was an amazing time in my life and everybody was working their asses off, all the other execs. The company drift was like an all-consuming thing. But for me at the time, it also happened to be when our first kid was born. And anybody that has had children knows that when that happens, you know everybody talks about this, everybody's shared this example, but nothing, you can't experience it until you feel it. And I do see some people on Twitter and other places that are like, you know, I'm not going to change when I have kids. And I, I used to be that same person, but everything completely changes. And for me, it was just a, you know, working at this company at this point in my life and having a small child who you want to be home for was a really challenging part in my life. And so for about two years, a year and a half, it worked. I was hanging on by a thread. And then in October of 2018, I think roughly fall of 2018, we found out that Leah was pregnant with our second kid. And that was kind of the breaking point for me when I just was like, holy shit, like, how am I going to have two kids? And it wasn't so much like the taking care of the child part, like Leah is an amazing partner. And I think that 
unfortunately, the woman, the wife, the partner, the spouse, whoever on the other side, like she made a lot of sacrifices. And I, there was a lot of late nights for me at work and I wasn't home for a bunch of things I wanted to be for. And a lot of that burden and load went to Leah. But it was more about for me, like, oh my gosh, I'm not being there. Like I remember there was a specific time where I traveled away for a week for work and my daughter was maybe three months old. And when I came, I left on a a Monday morning, I came back on a Friday afternoon. And I remember that when I came back on a Friday afternoon, I picked my daughter up and she felt bigger. Like when a baby is little, you can see they grow every day, every week. And I picked her up and she like felt bigger from when I remember when I left, I just started crying because I was like, man, is this all going to be worth it? Like, is this worth it? And I know that you do have to make sacrifices in many of them. And I've had very, you know, working in the tech job is like by no means a comparative sacrifice to what a lot of people go through in life. And there's many professions where like, you know, you got to be up early and you got to be home late. And that just is what it is. I think about my parents or my wife's parents or people, you know, that's just how it is sometimes. But that was such a hard thing for me to try to stomach. And I think what changed for me as a parent is like, man, these are my kids. I want to be there. I don't don't want to miss a moment. And so I think when we found out that we were having another one, that was a moment in time where the company was at an inflection point. I was at an inflection point in my career. I was on the path at that time to be a big time CMO, the chief marketing officer of a hundred plus million dollar future public company. And I was struggling with like, I knew I knew the requirements of what that job would have taken. And that job would have taken more, as much if not more travel than I had already been doing. Traveling, you know, I was going to the West Coast at least once a quarter and probably one other travel, traveling probably at least monthly. There's early mornings and late nights and weekends and lots of other commitments. And in order to be on that CMO path, at the time, it was going to require even more sacrifice for me. And for the first time in my life, I just was like, maybe, maybe like the, my career is not the most important thing. And through those couple of years, like I had started to build a brand of my own. And I started to see that I started to get lots of inbound opportunities for myself and my career. And I started to see like, oh, maybe it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I started to get this sense of an audience and sense of a, the leverage that you can get from a brand of your own. And I started to think maybe this is not, I used to think that it had to be binary. Like I had to become this big time CMO to get what I wanted in my career, manage a team of a hundred people, do that whole thing. And once we found out that Leah was pregnant with Sam, it just was so clear that that was not where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I remember having a specific conversation where I basically said, hey, I know the path that I'm on and I don't want to be on that path. I don't think that I'm going to be the right person to be CMO of this company and to be you know, this big time exec. And so that was a point in my career where like in my role and as a company and, and at Drift specifically, we were like, okay, cool. Dave is not going to be the CMO here. Let's find a different role. And that's kind of where for my last two years at the company, I shifted more into a a brand role. I was very, very much of an evangelist. And there was a while there where I focused on instead of running all of marketing, I ran the creative and brand side of the company. And that was great. It allowed me to basically extend my time there for two more years. And I was able to have a smaller workload and have less responsibilities. And I was able to like be more supportive of my family and have a balance with work for the first time in my life. And that was the moment of listening to that clip today 
made me realize that that was exactly when that happened. And you know, it's the one thing that I struggle with today when I see a lot of articles and content about startups and what it takes to build a company. And Mark Benioff is obviously a multi-billionaire. He has the income and resources to change the world in, in many ways, I'm sure. But back to what Alex Bloomberg was talking about in that quote where he ate, breathed, and slept Salesforce. I'm sure there were lots of trade-offs in his life. And this is just all made up. I don't know him at all, <laughs> obviously. But there are lots of trade-offs in his life that you know you have to make those different sacrifices. And for me, once the kids came into the picture and I started to build a little bit of a brand of my own, I realized like, oh, maybe there is a different path. And so when I look to where I'm at today and running a one-person business and being able to create my own schedule and work on the projects that I want to work on, I actually credit it to that moment in time. If I fast, if I rewind all the way back to like fall of 2018 when we found out that Sam was coming, that burnout moment was actually one of the key moments that allowed me to now be here. I started to have some time and think about, okay, maybe I'm not going to be, I don't have to be in this vacuum, in this grind every single day, becoming this public company CMO. And so I wanted to just put this episode down and record it because I know that many people that are listening to this have that moment or will have that moment. And I think instead of just kind of stomaching the burnout, I think the best thing you can do for yourself and your career is to try to have a productive conversation about it and and also realize that your life is not going to be just about your career and there's multiple paths that you can take. I think if you ask me in June of 2018 or 2017, like, what are you going to be doing for the next five to 10 years? I would have said like, oh, I'm going to be chief marketing officer at a tech company or at a X company of that. This is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be managing a team of this many people and I'm going to be doing this. Now I fast forward today and I have a completely different life. And I think that is because of that one moment. And so it sucks to go through it. Inevitably it happens to everybody. But sometimes when you're going through the burnout, you actually to go back to a, a great Ryan Holiday book, you actually figure out that the obstacle is the way. And so for me, it was to get through that time to create a new path and it forced me to rethink what I'm going to do in the future. I got back into learning. I got back into reading. I read a book at that time that changed, I think changed my career and my life forever. Even though I'm not doing any consulting right now, I read this book called A Million Dollar Consulting by Alan Weiss. And what's funny is I have the book on my shelf and I actually wrote out a full plan. This was a little bit later in that year. This was 2019 when I was taking some time off after Sam was born. I read that book and I was like, holy shit, this is exactly what I can do. And I drew out the whole plan. And just on paper, I like to take notes and draw and stuff. And I was like, this is what I could do. And I found, I refound that book about a year ago and I pulled out that piece of paper that I have. Actually, let me see if I can find it really quick because it's worth, it's worth showing. Hold on one second. Got it right here. So I have a whole plan. I drew this whole thing out. I drew this whole thing out and I called it, at the time I called it DG, DG Media. <laughs> we help launch new products and get attention from your dream customers, get the right people talking about you. I can help with new products, book launches, events, podcast launch, whatever you are launching, we can make sure the world pays attention. This is amazing. Additional expertise that I can offer, help build the personal brand for CEOs and execs. Holy shit, this is three years before writing Founder Brand. Social media strategy, content strategy, event strategy, how to get attention from your competitors, how to do positioning and messaging, how to build a PR strategy. This is basically what my consulting business ended up being. I, at the time, I thought I was going to hire a couple people and build a small agency. 
And then I had this whole thing drawn out where I'd have content, podcast, LinkedIn, email list, courses, events, mastermind, consulting. And this is now ended up being like the first iteration of DGMG and what is now Exit 5. It's a lot different than this, but this is where it came from. And I drew this out in 2018, 2019. So this is one of the books that really helped change my career. And it gave me a, basically the premise of this book is like, if you have, if you have deep expertise in an industry, especially an industry like in B2B, where there's a lot of budget and money and finance, like you can go and build your own consulting practice and build your own business. And I read another book, Company of One by Paul Jarvis. Those two books gave me so much excitement and hope. So like I went through burnout. I don't want to be CMO. This is not what I want to do. I applied some learning to it. I found some books. I found some new resources, some new materials that gave me energy to be excited and to come up with a new plan. And that all helped me to be where I got here. So hopefully this story is helpful, interesting, relevant to you where you're at, whether you're approaching burnout in, in it right now, or just as a FYI that there are multiple paths and multiple things that you can go through. And I know that a lot of people that are listening to this, the first couple listeners of the podcast are going to be mostly from marketing, tech, in and around my network. And I think you'll, you'll probably be able to relate to this. So that's it. That was my burnout when my relationship with work changed forever. And uh, thanks to Gimlet Media for letting me play that clip. I hope it's okay. Okay, ready? Go ahead. You're listening to Dave's podcast. That's great. Do one more. Say, you're listening to Dave Gerhardt's podcast. You're listening to Dave Gerhardt's podcast. Awesome.